Hello and welcome from Mount Pleasant Baptist Church. This podcast you're about to hear was recorded at our Burgoon campus. So sit back, relax, and enjoy what God has to say to you. So it's great to have the children with us this morning and I'm sure you're all very excited that school holidays have started. Happy about that, children? Yeah, and I'm sure your parents are also very, very excited. Good to have our youth with us also this morning. So we continue our series this morning, our But God series, where we look at some of the beautiful but statements of the Bible And our topic today is honour. So kids, I might need your help some of the time. I'm glad you got your activity sheets, but I might need your help a little bit too. So what does it mean to show honour? Well, to honour someone is to hold them in high regard, to respect them, to give them value, to hold them in esteem, to acknowledge that they have done something well or done good things. To acclaim them, even reverence them sometimes in some way. There are many ways we show honour. And children, I wonder if any of you have been given an honour certificate. Put up your hand if you've ever been given an honour certificate, or maybe you call it a merit certificate, like these ones up here on the screen. Well done. Did you get it for being naughty and telling lies? No, I'm sure you got it for being good. You were honoured for doing a good thing. And it makes your parents so proud that they keep your certificates for many, many years, like this one of my daughter's 25 years later. I've still got her certificate because I'm so proud when she gets a certificate for doing the right thing. And your parents will be equally proud of you. Sometimes honour is shown by giving someone a title like the Right Honourable Lord Mayor, we got the next one, Dave, of Perth, Basil Zampras. Look at that for a mouthful, the Right Honourable Lord Mayor of Perth. And look at that beautiful medal he gets to wear around his neck. That's a very honouring thing. I wonder if you've ever been honoured in a sports competition, like some of these trophies. Paige Hill... She won her netball grand final last weekend on her birthday. And she was, yeah. And she was honoured with a team medal, but then she was especially honoured when she won fairest and best for her team. What an honour. Or I wonder, kids, if you put up your hand if you've been honoured in a sports carnival, if you've ever been honoured with a ribbon or a medal or anything like that. At a sports carnival. Wow, I think there's so many great kids in our church that I better have some special prizes for you at the end of the service today. Sometimes we don't win, but we still get honoured for having a go. So let's have a look at Anna being honoured for having a go. And Anna gave me permission to show this. Yeah. And 
At the end of the race, a little boy asked Seb why his mum came last. And she, he said, I'm very proud of her, but she's got a bad heart. So very, very cute. This weekend, as we've heard, a lot of our young adults are at Sports Fest. And we're anticipating a lot of winners down at Sports Fest that will get some medals coming back, whether it be in Uno or Finska or maybe more honourable sports like basketball. But we hope we get some winners. I wonder if anybody went to the AFL Grand Final yesterday. I noticed Nat Page's voice is a bit hoarse this morning and I'm sure she may have been there. Well, the Melbourne team got a lot of honouring. Did anyone else get, go to the grand final yesterday? Wow. Well, they're probably all in bed still, actually, <laughs> the ones that went. They've exhausted themselves, because I know there are a few others. <laughs> and I'm sure we were all cheering on Alessandra Ho at the Olympics recently. She did brilliantly, and what an absolute honour to be chosen to go to the Olympics. That's amazing. And congratulations to Alexandra. Olympic winners are honoured with medals and money and sometimes even celebrity status. Kids, can anyone tell me what this race is where we won a gold medal? Does anyone know? Yeah? Swimming relay. Swimming relay. Do you know which relay it was? Anybody know? Freestyle, yeah. Yep. Sorry? 100 metre. Yeah, four by 100. Yes, well done. And what about this person at the Paralympics? Can anyone tell me who this is? This is the first gold medal we won at the Para Tokyo Paralympics. Anyone tell me her name? Anybody? Paige Gre Greco? I think you say Greco. Amazing honour there. And then we have Marcus Wong. He was honoured as WA's Youth of the Year volunteer in 2019. What an honour. And of course, we all know Graham Mabry's been honoured so many times, we can't keep up with all his honours. I was going to bring some of his certificates in, then I thought I hadn't asked his permission. So I bet not. Oh, there is one here, Graham. I'm sorry. I hope you don't mind. But <laughs> we sort of went around the office to find some medals and things. So. So it's great to be given honour and to honour in these and other ways. But who do we tend to honour in our world today and in our culture? Of course, different cultures honour people for different things. In some cultures, you're honoured just because you're older. And it's considered an honour for children to look after their ageing parents. And that sounds better and better every year that goes by, <laughs> I can tell you. <laughs> We tend to honour people for how they look in our culture. We love to honour celebrities and even sometimes want celebrity pastors. Sometimes social influencers are given great honour as people follow them and are influenced by what they say. Sometimes we honour military service. We honour the intelligent and highly educated. In some places, people are honoured for their willingness to die for their cause, even if it means killing many other people. We honour those who achieve something that we hold in high regard, who do something special, or who we see as having particular gifts and abilities that we value, and sometimes just for trying, like Anna. Australians tend to honour sports stars, of Australians of the Year, since 
1960, the most have been won by sports stars, 14 in fact. The next most by someone in medical service, 10. But I think the medical service people probably help people a little bit more. In the area of religion, only two. Maybe that's not honoured so much in our culture. In the culture at the time of the New Testament writing, around 2,000 years ago, most honour went to people of high status or the very wealthy. And in many ways, that is still the case. We love to honour those who are successful or those who have a lot of money or celebrities of some type, often more than we honour character. But who does God say we should honour? God specifically says we are to especially honour our parents and those in positions of authority because they're God's representatives over us. They are there to protect us and protect our society. They are definitely not perfect, but hopefully they're doing their best. But as Christians, we're called to honour all people because all people are created in God's image, not just successful and rich people. God has created all people. God loves all people. And God's placed enormous value on each and every life. Just like we heard in the Med-Air clip that we saw, every life matters. And you can honour a person with a pair of gumboots. That's amazing. Honour of God is shown in the way that we honour one another. The rabbi, Joshua ben Levi, said that before every human being go hundreds of angels shouting, make way, make way, make way for the image of God. I love that picture. We are to honour the youngest to the oldest, the weakest to the strongest, and particularly those passed over by others. Why? Which is why we don't park in Acrod bays if we don't have an Acrod sticker, because we honour those who are to have those bays. Now we're going to have our reading for the day. And then, children, I have actually a special activity I want you to do. I know you've got your activity sheets, but another special activity. But first, let's listen to the words of Paul in his letter to the Corinthians. And children, Mim told me that you have done this reading in MPK recently, so you might recognise it. We're reading from 1 Corinthians 12, verses 15 to 27, and you can follow on the screen. Now, if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, imagine that would be a huge eye, where would the sense of hearing be? And if the whole body were an ear, which would be quite ugly really, where would the sense of smell be? But, in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, 
but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honourable, we treat with special honour. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty, while our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has put the body together, giving greater honour to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers. If one part is honoured, every part rejoices, rejoices with it. Now, you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. But God, but God has put the body together, giving greater honour to the parts that lacked it, the parts that didn't get so much honour, that we should honour everyone. And especially, oh, our reading today is specifically about one another in the church, about honouring one another in the church family. That we should honour everyone, and especially those that might not get honoured, or those who are unseen, because we're all important and all are needed, and we need to be unified. So children, this is where I have something for you to do. I want you to colour an honour certificate. And I'm going to get you to present it to someone later on at the end of the service. I want you to write, uh, this certificate is for someone that you're going to give to for being an outstanding person in our church community. Now you won't know who you're going to give it to, in, in specifically who you're going to give it to, because I'm not going to tell you yet. But you need to fill in the thank you. Maybe you want to say thank you for your smile or thank you for loving Jesus or thank you for coming to church. But I want you to do your best work because you're going to honour honor someone with this later at the end of the service. So kids, wonder if you might come and take an honour certificate. You can finish your other activities later, but just come and fill this in. Your mum and dad might help you with the writing in there of what you want to thank people for. But later on, you're going to go and give it to someone. And if you need an incentive, I might have a little treat for those who do it at the end of the service. Not a bribe, just an incentive. <laughs> So, for the rest of us, let's return to our text. In our reading, Paul is addressing Christians in the newly formed church in Corinth. And this church was comprised of many different types of people from different backgrounds. There were wealthy merchants, there were common laborers, there were women who had formerly been involved in very dubious work in the pagan temples. There were middle-class families and, of course, many slaves. Some people thought they were most important. They were full of pride and that others were unimportant. Some themselves, given their backgrounds, thought they were worth nothing. There was competitiveness over different types of gifts. The rich members were beginning their love feast with a celebration of the Lord's Supper 
before the poorer members had even arrived at the gathering. Don't forget the slaves probably had a lot of work to do before they got there. The richer were dishonouring those they considered to be the less honourable members. They knew in theory that they were united in Christ, but they weren't living that way. They were part of a culture where honour was universally regarded as the ultimate asset for human beings and shame the ultimate failing. So much of life revolved around ensuring you and your family received public honour and avoided at any cost public shame. Uppermost in a father's mind in the ancient world was not really whether his son would be happy, like in the modern sense, or make money, or even live morally, but whether the boy would bring honour to his family and especially honour to his father. This might be achieved through military victory, advancement through the ranks of society. But the thought was not so much about the importance of what you did, but about the respect and honour and praise that came through what you did. To receive honour was a noble and high goal. In such a society, humility was rarely, if ever, considered virtuous. Humility was considered an undignified inability or refusal to establish your merit or your honour. And humility before an equal or a lesser was regarded suspiciously. Avoiding honour was shameful, the, the ancient Greeks and Romans thought. So in that sense, they thought nothing of praising themselves to get honoured in public or getting others to praise them. Being what we would say full of yourself was okay and claiming your own honour was perfectly acceptable. But as we heard from Nick last week, God's wisdom and worldly wisdom are not the same then or now. So Paul began this letter reminding the believers that the wisdom of God is seen in a crucified Messiah. This was a scandal to the Jews who ever heard of a crucified Messiah. And it was folly to pagan Greeks who ever imagined that an executed Jew might be Lord of the world. But the foolishness of God is wiser than man's wisdom. And the weakness of God is stronger than man's strength. We read, But God chose those whom the world considers foolish to shame those who think they are wise. And God chose the puny and powerless to shame the high and mighty. He chose the lowly, the laughable in the world's eyes, the nobodies, so that he would shame the somebodies. For he chose what is regarded as insignificant in order to supersede what is regarded as prominent. Jesus seemed to have delighted in turning upside down ancient notions of greatness and servitude. Remember he said, whoever wants to be great among you must be your servant and whoever wants to be first must be slave to all. Followers of Jesus saw the greatest man they'd ever known brought down to the lowest place the Roman world could envisage, death on a cross, the most shameful form of capital punishment. 
For opponents of Jesus, the crucifixion was evidence that Jesus was a pretender of greatness and should be dishonoured. Archaeologists uncovered this piece of anti-Christian graffiti from a guardhouse. Have you got it at that next slide, Dave? In Rome, of a crucified man with a donkey's head and the man standing with one arm raised, indicating the stupidity of this man to worship the Lord, who is represented as a mule-headed loser. Remember we read in Isaiah, he was despised and we esteemed him not. There was no honour to God there. However, for Christians, the crucifixion was proof that greatness can express itself in humility because God's ways are not our ways. Even those, these people could not understand that. And so Paul says, in humility, consider others better than yourselves. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used for his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. So early Christians were forced to rethink the entire honour-shame paradigm in which they had been raised. The Corinthians' prideful sense of self-importance, their bragging about who they followed, their jealousy and quarrelling over gifts was causing division and ineffectiveness and proved that they were like babies in Christ, that they were worldly. So Paul confronted them with their sin and reminded them that they were called to live Christ-centred, loving lives, loving God and loving one another by honouring all others and especially those that they considered less important. Using the metaphor of the body, he says, God has put the body together and all the parts have an important function. And without the diversity and specialisation of all parts, those seen and unseen, those that seem important and those that don't, without all those parts working together in unity, one no longer has a healthy working body. We all know that. The feet don't serve themselves, but they serve the body and take the body where the head directs it to go. One hand is diminished in function if it's not cooperating with the other hand. And the seemingly lesser parts are to be especially honoured because given that they are mostly unseen, they can just be taken for granted. We often forget about those unseen parts until that part doesn't function. Like, for example, the vestibular system in your ear, a tiny little hidden part in your body that I'm sure none of you have thought about this morning. <laughs> we don't think about it until it doesn't work. And then we lose our balance and it affects our whole life. And if you've ever had that affected, you'll know how disturbing it is. So all parts, every single part 
is essential for flourishing and good health in our body. And using the body metaphor and applying it to the church, Paul is saying every single person is vital. Not every person doing the same thing, but every person contributing to the same purpose. And his specific challenge for the Corinthians and for us is to pay particular attention to those parts that might be less valued or less honoured. Those who are not seen as much, perhaps, as those who are up front, but they are absolutely essential to the functioning of the church, of a healthy church. So we need to honour them and the part they play. Let's have a little look at this little clip about the mystery of the washing basket. Thanks, Dave. I've been doing this since we moved in. See this basket thing? I don't know how it happens, if it's the house or what, but any dirty clothes you put in this basket, somehow the next day they're just clean, folded, and in a perfect column bed. Yeah, that's serious. I couldn't believe it if I said that. if you have a magic washing basket in your house things are just done maybe there needs to be some special honor to some of the hidden things in your house too <laughs> but sometimes we can be like that in the church coffee just magically turns up on a Sunday morning the serving tables are magically put out the toilets and the building are magically cleaned the back lawn is magically mowed. The lights and sound magically come on. Song words are magically loaded on the computer and come up. So many things happen which are not really noticed until they are not done. There are ladies in our church in their 80s and even 90s that until recently made dessert or sausage rolls or cakes or soup for up to 70 plus people at our monthly seniors communion lunch. Largely hidden, but honourable. And there are those who quietly love others by visiting them. Hidden, but honourable. Or those who week by week pray for the sick and in fact all of you for our whole church family. Hidden, but honourable. And what about the hundreds of hours of hidden work being done at Thornley over these weeks? Maybe less honourable than what we'll see at the grand opening, but God. Or maybe we could be tempted to think that Thornley is small and less significant, but God. What happens there may well be more important and significant to this church here than what we could ever think or imagine. Every part is needed. Every part is to be honoured. Those parts that might seem small and often unseen are absolutely vital. That is because every part is dependent on every other part. The parts we mention and the parts we don't. The parts we see and the parts we don't. 
If one part hurts, every other part is involved in the hurt and in the healing. If one part flourishes, every other part enters into the exuberance. The church, of course, needs leaders and people up front. We would need James to lead us. We definitely need that. But we equally need everyone, those who sit on boards, those with admin skills, those who love hospitality and making coffee, those who work in the garden, those who cook meals, those who visit the sick, ushers to help direct people, those who set up or pack down, those who teach children or youth, those who are loud and outgoing or those who are quiet and contemplative, the young, our youth, our young adults, our families, right through to the oldest. We need you. We are all important. And we mustn't overestimate our worth or underestimate our worth or overestimate the worth of others or underestimate the worth of others. We don't assess with worldly wisdom what is most important. Some things may seem small and insignificant, but God. The same wisdom of God affects the way we live our whole lives, not just our lives in this church family. In the parable of the Good Samaritan, a man honours a complete stranger in a very sacrificial way. He honours by rescuing, caring and giving. He donated several days' wages for his upkeep of the man he rescued, with the option of more if required. Jesus said that is how we are to love others, honouring them as people made in God's image. That's why many of you walk the streets of Northbridge or Fremantle as street chaplains when it's cold and raining with no pay, when you could be tucked up in bed. It's why others go and visit those in prison. It's why we give food parcels. It's why people like Nat and Jen Quartermain go to other other side of the world where people are suffering or being abused. It's why we give financial aid. We are to honour all especially those who might be passed over. And we don't for one minute think we've yet arrived. And we acknowledge that the church itself has been guilty of bigotry at many points in its history and even in our own lives, if we're truthful. We've not always represented well the one who said, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. To honour others doesn't mean we excuse everything. Honouring everyone means there must be justice. But even when people make mistakes, they are still valued because God still loves them, which is why we have the likes of prison ministry. Jesus died for each and every person. Some may never acknowledge that or may reject God, but God still loves them. So we don't only honour those who are seemingly the best and brightest in the world, but those who do their best for the world. Jesus laid down his life for the world. Rather than ask, who are you that I should pay attention to you? The better question is, who am I that I should ignore you? Every one of us is needed And one way that we can honour one another is by all contributing in some way. 
If we don't all do our part in this body, the body is deficient in some way. It's not going to ever be what it could be. We heard that we've got a busy bee coming up and Gladys has planned it so that we can all play a part and perhaps honour our seniors and give them a rest this time. The effectiveness of the church doesn't depend on having great connections or great fortunes or even spectacular gifts, but it depends on ordinary people offering up God's gifts in love. One way we try to honour our often more hidden parts of the church is our appreciation breakfast. So on Saturday, October the 23rd, we have an appreciation breakfast for all of those who serve in any way in our church community, for our ushers, our car parkers, our cafe staff, our morning tea volunteers, coffee makers, lawn mowers, the ones who break, bake for ministries like Alpha. You'll hear about it next week, but whether you feel what you do is insignificant or not, if you serve in any way, we want to honour you and say thank you because we value you and you are important. And if you're not using your gift, I encourage you to find a way to be part of this church so this church can be all that God wants it to be. Fill in a form at the connect point and someone will be in touch to help you find a place to serve that fits your gifting and your availability. And now, children, I need your attention again. I wonder if you might get your honour certificates. In a, mo in a moment, I'm going to pray, and then you're going to have to give out your honour certificates when we're singing our last song. So let me just give some instructions before we pray. I would like you to take your honour certificate and give it to someone you don't know. It doesn't mean that this person doesn't do anything, but someone who's unseen in your eyes, maybe you haven't noticed them before. I would suggest you go to the other side of the room and if you're at the back, come to the front and if you're at front, go to the back. Take it to someone else and if you're a bit shy, you can take a parent with you. And I'd like you to just say thank you to that person for being part of our church family. Do you think you can do that, kids? Yeah? Not very positive. Do you think you can do that, kids? Yeah. And you can take your parent with you. Just take it to someone you don't know, and you will be honouring them in that way. And as I said, I've probably got a little incentive at the end of the morning if you need that. <laughs> okay. Before we do that, will you join me as we pray together? Children, will you join me as we pray together? Let's pray together. Lord God, thank you for including us in your body, in your church family. Lord, we want to honour you by honouring one another. Help us to value all others, from the youngest to the oldest. That together, in unity, with all our gifts up and firing, we can do everything that you've called us to do as a church, both here in our local community and in our world around us because we want to magnify your name in the earth and we ask this in Jesus name amen amen, amen.
We hope you enjoyed this podcast brought to you from Mount Pleasant Baptist Church. Our prayer is that what was said today inspires you and strengthens you in your faith. If you would like to talk to someone about what you've heard today, you can contact the team during office hours on the number you can find on our website at mounties.org.au. Thanks for joining us. We look forward to having your company again soon. God bless.